For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. All right, welcome back to the most epic week so far on the Astros Baseball podcast. You know, last night we had uh, our first guest of the week and tonight we have our second guest. Rob, you want to tell them who we have on tonight? Our guest tonight is actually the uh, the person that kind of got all this started because we made the video and uh, welcome you to the show. And you said, I would just love to have Julia Morales on here. True. And that's our guest, Julia Morales. Welcome to hey, the show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. No, that video, I don't even know how I came across it. Like, you must have tagged me. Um, yes. And I just, I was sitting on the couch and... Honestly, I, I I saw it and I'm very I'm familiar with your account. I'm familiar with your Twitter. Um, and I so it was like, you know, I it was people that I knew and, and was comfortable on clicking on a video. You never know on Twitter. And so I was like, oh, it's you know, it, they're talking about me. So I hit play and then I was floored um, by the things Michelle had to say. And and then I'm like, wait a minute, like she she's going way too far. Like I am not the coolest person ever. Like this is not. Like, so I, I'm probably gonna go on this podcast and just show how not cool I am. But um, but of course, I'd love to chat with you guys before things get really really hectic here uh, in a couple weeks. You showed us how cool you were when we when you first came on the camera. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? Well, because I had my Emmys behind me. Yeah, that's uh, I do that on purpose. Just, she ha- uh... she has uh, two <laughs> Emmys behind her. She has a dugout mug, which I told her we're giving one mm-hmm. away, right, Michelle? Yes, and I know the email this time. If you email the phrase "Let's go to Astros Baseball Podcast" at gmail dot com, you can be entered in to win a dugout mug, which is just like a buttload of money at least to me it's 70 dollars uh you'll be the only one that has it i know it's just you'll be the coolest kid on the block and a shirt you or someone else can win i guess the shirt might be second prize the uh a shirt from our sponsor ram shirt shout out to ram shirts all right let's get it rolling uh michelle you got the first question i think uh yeah so i know that uh because I, I stay pretty active on Twitter. So I saw that you um, were interacting with a, a, th- a thread about uh, internships. You know, it was being discussed about uh, um, unpaid internships and kind of paying your due and just having to do, uh, you know, whatever it is. Um, do you want to speak on that a little further? Um, I don't remember verbatim <laughs> what your response was, but like I definitely, right. you and I are on the same page, like unpaid, whatever it takes, you know, just to get that experience there. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm, you know, this is, it's a good opportunity to talk about something that, that was so heated on Twitter and, you know, on Twitter, there's only so many characters and then on Twitter, it's the entire world that, 
that can jump in and have a say. And and this is this is a tweet that came from somebody that's in a very similar position as I am in TV and sports television, um, working for NFL Network, offered a job um, that wasn't paid, you know, and, and she called it an internship. And that's probably where things went awry. But she was basically offering up an opportunity for someone to get some experience, whether it was like three weeks of helping out something, um, you know, and, and she offered it up and then she was, then she was attacked. <laughs> it got, you know, Twitter works. I mean, it just gets into the hands of people who, um, probably, you know, take it one direction and maybe it wasn't going that way. And so then she felt attacked and, and then she responded. Well, my response was to her original tweet of, you know, the things that, that she did in order to get to where she was. And so I responded with, you know, I, oh my gosh, like we just did internships, you know, and I, and I had a bunch and I, you know, I went to the university of Texas at Austin. And so you had to have some in order to get college credit and no, nothing was paid and nothing was offering pay. And from where I'd come from and from people that had worked before me, there was nothing paid. Um, and so in this industry that we, that we were crazy enough to choose in sports television, it's like, there's so few jobs. It's so cutthroat just to get in the business, you know, just to get that first job that you're, I mean, it's so competitive that you're literally doing anything you possibly can to stand out or get a foot up. Um, and so honestly, like there are times where you're like calling radio stations, like, Hey, can I just come hang out for a day? You know, like, of course the radio station wasn't going to pay me for that. And so that was where I think people took um, my tweet maybe the wrong way and just that they were feeling that um, it, that I should have been paid for work when I was trying to say like you don't need to let anything hold you know like if if you have the opportunity to volunteer your time is the way I probably should have said it in that first tweet but again characters you know there's only so many um, but if you have the opportunity to volunteer your time or to internship or you know to to do anything to shadow a reporter to log um, some interviews, it's anything like do it, absolutely do it. And don't let the fact that it doesn't pay you stop you. And and so then it, be, you know, then it's a big argument. And I, I know you guys and probably many others are aware it was just um, in this country, people are very passionate of the fact that you should be paid for your labor. And, and not all internships are built the same. They're just, they're just not. And so in sports, like my, y'all, my internships were, especially when I got further into college and I was wanting to do sports internships, my internships were like, hey, meet at the TV station. Um, we'll drive you to the high school football game on Friday night. So meet us at, you know, five o'clock. We'll run over there. I sat and I watched live shots. I watched reporters do their jobs. And then I watched a high school football game. I kept notes of, um, you know, like plays that were made at what time they were made, what the score was, um, and just kind of kept up so I could help that way. But also I was learning how to do it on my own. And then, if, you know, at the end of it, if I if I was still sticking around, I would help call different high schools and try to get some final scores. Um, okay. So like I wasn't performing surgery, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's like, it's hard. I was working for a local TV station that doesn't pay their reporters very much to begin with. So, so my argument, you know, back to some of these people that were saying like, no, you should they're like, absolutely do not do anything that wasn't paid. And it was like, I, I know, but like I was taken to high school, football games and I was taken to like baseball games and I was taken <laughs> and it was just like, Hey, watch. And that's where I did most of my learning. And so that my point was, um, don't, you know, don't say no to an opportunity because it's not paid if you can handle it. Like the, 
and then I brought up the fact that I donated plasma and that's where people I think got really, they just took it and ran with it because I was laughing it off as like, I was literally doing whatever I could to survive because I wasn't getting paid for internships, but I did need to work in order to pay for rent books, um, everything that a college kid pays for food, you know, all of it. Um, so I did some odd jobs and I don't think that that's out of the ordinary. I think people are working really hard still. Um, I think I've always worked hard, you know, people just do things in order to, to get it done. And so I, that's, and that was another part of the tweet that I think was taken and people were like, you were literally selling your blood. Like, this is not worth it. You should absolutely get paid. And I'm like, but I also was laughing it off. Like I just did what I had to do. Cause that was how my schedule worked out. Um, so anyway, um, that's me kind of going off on my soapbox. Thanks for having me on. Uh, if you want to end the interview now, you're more than welcome to, um, but yeah, that's uh, and I I meant well. I obviously want things to get better. I want journalists to get paid better out of college because I I made fifteen thousand dollars a year in my first job. So like, if we really want to get down to the problem here, like, I mean, I don't know how that station honestly like what was the station going to pay the intern if they were paying me minimum wage? So you know, where is the real problem when it comes to just journalism in general? So anyway, um, just getting that off my chest. I just want everyone to to be happy at the end of the day. <laughs> So choosing the field that you you chose to pursue as a career, um, it, it's kind of just like professional sports, right? I mean, some people just, they just don't make it. And so they end up doing some of these jobs for free and it, it, it ends up not even becoming a career. So it's so true. And honestly, still that way. Like if, say for you, you know, what you guys are doing right now, like, say I, I love my job right now, but you know, maybe I wanted to start a podcast and because I wanted to just get better or I wanted to be more versatile or I wanted to have one more avenue uh, to fans and like, I, I probably would get paid for it. So, so there's the argument, like, do I not do it because I'm not getting paid for labor? Like, like, where is that? That in this industry, it is, you know, it's similar to some other really cutthroat industries out there and some really competitive industries. And you mentioned sports and it's absolutely like sports when it comes to that. Now, you know, as far as like the training, like, no, but when I when just talking the number of jobs that are actually out there and, um, and you can't get the ultimate job until you've worked your way up. So you know, I, I, a lot of times when I'm talking about my career and I'm talking to baseball fans, I really bring up the fact that it was like the minors and I worked my way up from high A to double A to triple A. And, and finally I made it to the big leagues because that's exactly the way my, my whole, my whole world was like the way I was living. I, that first job was high A for me in that small market that was, you know, didn't have cameras that really worked, but I had to figure it out. And wouldn't allow me to work overtime. However, when, you know, my 40 hours was up, like I need to cover one more game. And so like, it was just like the things that you do in a small market um, are, don't happen at the next level, which is just like, you know, if you were to jump up to double A, like there are things you don't have to deal with at that level, or maybe it just gets a little bit better. Or maybe the hotel's a little bit nicer, or maybe the travel's a little bit better. Um, it's just, it was very similar in the way that I worked my way up, stair stepping up. I knew that going in. And I think that was another point I was trying to make by tweeting that because I do a lot of speaking. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell in my first two questions that I've had in your podcast, but I like to talk. Um, so, so I do speak to schools. I speak to journalism schools and I like to share my story because it is crazy, but it's also, um, but it's possible, you know, it's, and I want to tell people that like, this is really hard, but it's absolutely possible. Um, just be ready to, to, you know, be knocked down and be ready to, 
to go a different way than maybe you originally hoped or to take a different job that you like, you know, live in a different city that you, you know, had planned. I mean, all of that, like, that's my point is um, if you're wanting to get in something like this, where, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's just, you have to claw and scratch your way to the next level at each opportunity, which is what makes the job so great when you finally get it. Um, then be ready to, to kind of do whatever is necessary, paid or unpaid. Um, that was, that was my whole point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I knew that going in and I want to make sure I keep sharing that with the younger generations too, that there are times where it's going to be hard. Now, some people are going to walk in and all of a sudden land a really awesome, you know, so everyone's story is going to be different. I just want to make it known to, to the younger generations that want to get in this business that it's not, you know, you don't just become like the ESPN sports center anchor overnight. <laughs> just like you don't <laughs> become a big leaguer overnight. That's it. And, and that's why uh, when I say that, like, I admire you and like, you're one of my, uh, the people that I like, you like, you were like a hero. And that's why that like what you just said is one of the big reasons why is because um, I mean, I'm not even I'm small potatoes right now, although on the totem pole, but uh, um, just hearing what you say, reading your story kind of and through the research uh, and prep and uh, prepping for tonight. Um, it's just, yeah, it was a very encouraging because sometimes it, fe it feels impossible. Uh, I mean, recently, like women in like the women in sports has become a big conversation, but for a while there, it wasn't whenever I would try to, you know, like join in or kind of make any headway, I would get laughed out of the room or not taken seriously. So I really admire you. You were quoted in an interview, uh, I don't remember if it was um, which publication it was, but doing what I do and having my face pop up every once in a while does give little girls or women at home someone to look to. Um, do you think that that rings uh, ho holds more weight uh, present day now for you than it uh... Yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, that's like, that's like, in my soul. Like, I really do mean that I, um, because I, when I started when I was young, honestly, like, like going even further back, there just wasn't a lot of women in sports so much that I didn't even know it was possible until I was about to graduate from college. So I went my whole, you know, young childhood through high school into college, wanting to be a TV reporter, um, with a, with a passion for sports. I was a sports fan. I grew up around sports. Everybody in my family played all sports and it was just, it was our lives. But, um, I did not know that it was possible for me to be a sports reporter on television until I was about to graduate from college. And so thank goodness. Um, you know, I was, a, I became aware there was a weekend sports anchor in Austin when I was at UT, uh, that, I happened when I did my my sports internship. I I met. She was actually she was not the weekend sports anchor. I lied. She was a weekend anchor, but she was helping fill in on some sports stuff. And once I started talking to her, and she you know she started telling me that there were some other women in sports at, at other stations that would do the weekend sports broadcast and and all this, um, it just blew my mind. And completely changed my career path. So I went from, I'm about to graduate in four months or whatever, and I'm going to have this resume tape that gets me a job covering city council meetings and car wrecks. And, you know, it was like, that was the route I was going to like, 
why the heck would I do that when I could go cover, <laughs> you know, college football and like, that's what I wanted. Like, are you kidding me? That's not, that's a, that's a real thing. So I, I just redirected. I did the sports internship. That's when things started changing for me. I actually stuck around another half. I stuck around a summer so I could do one more internship, get a really good reel and go that direction. So back to your question on just, um, and it just takes that, right? It's just that one conversation. It's that one person that you happen to see that the light bulb goes off or it's like that, oh, like, wait a minute, what moment for me? I'm hoping that we have a lot of those, you know, just by me being my face being on a baseball broadcast every night, you know, I mean, just how many families in Houston are flipping it on and, and not, I'm not, I'm talking about the entire family. So little girls in the room, maybe they're not watching every pitch, um, you know, but, but when I pop up and I hear a woman's voice and I'm telling you a story about the way a guy's swinging the bat or what he's been working on in the cage, um, you know, maybe that's of interest to, to them or maybe they're playing softball and it's, you know, it's anything like that. I just, it really is cool to me to think that I could open someone's eyes to an opportunity that they wouldn't have known about if they hadn't have seen me right there. And, and so anyway, I'm, I, that's why I speak to schools. That's why I get out there. That's why I'm a little more active on social media. Um, I just want to keep pushing it out there. Like this is, we are a part of this conversation. We worked really hard to be here. Um, and, and yeah, and I throw a throw around the word, word cutthroat and competitive when I talk about sports journalism, because it is, because there's just not that many jobs. I mean, think about it. Like if you have this, burning desire to be you know say the Astros reporter well there's only one <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's like uh, okay I mean there's li- there's nowhere else to go but you know maybe you have a burning desire to just cover baseball okay well there's 30 teams but right now there's not 30 sideline reporters so then that that number dwindles and it's like okay well are you willing to live in this city this city this city then maybe the number dwindles. Um, if you're just wanting to cover sports, you know, then it maybe opens up a little bit more, but um, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's hard, it, especially if you start holding yourself back, if you're not able to get out there and and do a podcast or work on your content of your own or figure out how to be on TV, all that. I mean, if you can, the more you can practice and the more you can um, learn on your own, the, the more equipped you are. And then the more jobs you're qualified for. Um, I have no idea where the heck this industry is going. It's crazy. It's moving fast, but, um, but you know, I'm trying to learn with it as I go. So yeah, I, it's just, it's really cool to know that that girls are watching for sure. And, and that this is just another opportunity, not, you know, they don't have to go this route, but um, if they want to, it's there. You were talking about how you're on the career path to like covering uh, car wrecks, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you, you, you ended up from what I read working at time Warner cable and you wanted mm-hmm. to work in sports and you actually covered the super bowl, the NBA finals, the world series, the college world series. Yeah, so everything. H- how did that feel t- to live that dream? <laughs> that had to have been amazing. I, my mom and my aunt, um, call me Forrest Gump because you know, in Forrest Gump, he ends up in the, you know, like, it's just like all these historic <laughs> events. Like he just happens to be at, you know, at places that are just like the coolest moments ever. Okay. So that's why they say that about me because I've, I've had some really good luck <laughs> with the things that I've, it just so happens when I'm covering a team or it just so happens when I'm at a school 
um, they do well, uh, you know, and, and so I've been super lucky when it comes to that. And now I, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that. So it all, it, it really started with um, being at UT in school and I was covering, or I wasn't covering, I'm sorry, I was cheering. So I was on Texas Palm and the football team won the national championship year, you know, that year with Vince Young. Mm -hmm. And then we also won the baseball national championship. I mean, it was just, it was such a cool time to be cheering for the university of Texas. Also. I mean, it's just like, how did I get so lucky? So again, I was in a, a position to where I was opened up to really cool media coverage. Um, back then it was, what was that show? Cold pizza or whatever it was that they would do. They would come. I mean, this is before college game day. This is a different show that they would come, but I mean, it was just like the, they would, they would come every week because we had Vince young and they were going to win the national championship. They were one and two every week. So I was just, I was more aware of things that I might not have been had I gone to a different school that wasn't playing so well. I was on the field. I was seeing, you know, people set up for their live shots and all that. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, as I started to cover sports, um, it, it really blew up when I was in Austin because I covered so many, well, you cover a lot of things when you're in, in a smaller market, you're able to cover the high school football, obviously, but the college football being Texas, which was cool to cover my alum, but also the Round Rock Express were 30 minutes down the road and they were the AAA team for the Rangers. Um, sorry to bring up the Rangers, but mm -hmm. they, that was when the Rangers, given. That's okay. know, but that's when they played, re, you know, they were playing really well. They went to back-to-back -back world series. Um, <laughs> so that's what led me to be able to cover the world series. I was covering this triple A team. I was covering, you know, the prospects. That was my beat. I would do a weekly show. I mean, this is how I really got to know the game of baseball because I was, you know, you just, there's, you don't know baseball until you know minor league baseball. I tell people that all the time. I'm just, it's like a whole different world, but it's, I learned it from inside out, if that makes sense. And so um, covering that actually led to them sending me to cover the playoffs and cover the world series. And that was really cool. Along with all this other stuff, they, the time Warner cable news is like a 24 hour thing. I don't know if, if people are aware or have seen it, um, but it was a 24 hour news network. And so it was a lot of, time to fill. <laughs> so they, we were lucky in that we had a big travel budget. So they would send us to pretty much anything that was a big deal. And, and the Spurs played well while I was there. So I went down and covered them. Um, the Mavericks were playing well. So they sent me over there to cover the, the finals with them. Um, just really cool things happening. And I learned so much. Um, they would send me to Cowboys games when, when big things were going on over there, it was usually drama with the Cowboys because it's always drama, but, <laughs> but yeah. just to be in that environment and to be around Cowboys players was really cool. So I learned so much and I'm really grateful for those opportunities. I have no idea where my career is going. I am so happy right now in the job that I'm doing. I want to do it forever. Um, nobody knows what our future holds, but I'm really grateful for the the chance to cover all those different things before I got into this job, because I, I mean, it's just so many different experiences and memories that I'll have. And, and you saw some of the things behind me in my bookshelf, like just things that I've collected over the years and my credentials. Um, and some people will never go to a Super Bowl, and some people will never go to an NBA, fight. you know, it's just some people will never get to a ballpark. 
Um, so I, I, there's not a day that I, that I take for granted that I, I can't believe I get paid to do some of this stuff, but all that happened before I showed up, uh, to cover the Houston Astros in 2013. And, um, I was like, who was on this team? As I was like Googling, I'm like, obviously no Altuve, but who else is on this team? Mm. And, uh, and I, you know, I quickly tried to, tried to learn the team as fast as I could. And then, and then they went on and lost 111 games in my first season. So, you know, um, I've done it all. <laughs> I've done a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you mentioned something uh, at the t- at the tail end of that. Uh, Rob, you had a question about um, what's it like for her now as far as traveling and everything goes. Do you want to elaborate oh, yeah. on that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, you talked about I, I was just curious, like, how rough is it? I know you love your job and everything, but is it rough to have to travel? And now that, I don't know, I think you got married a few years ago, but now you have a child. Like, how has that yeah. all affected it? I, I'm sure it made it a lot harder. Yeah, well, so I love the travel. <laughs> I love the travel. <laughs> I, I mean, I get out of Houston um, during the hottest months of the year, so it works out perfectly. I, I've always enjoyed it. I started, um, well, actually when I was growing up, I never, we never really went anywhere. We just, we were a small town family. Um, we didn't really go on, we never went on big vacations. I still, I'm 30 something years old. I'm not going to share how old I am, but I'm old and I've still never been to Disneyland or Disney world. Um, we just didn't do, we didn't, we didn't do much when I was growing up. So we didn't go places. We went to see my grandparents in Oklahoma and then we went to see my other grandparents in San Antonio. So <laughs> fine, all fine. But when I got to call or when I got to, um, to, to my career um, and I started to work my way up, they would start sending me to places. And it was like my first time to go anywhere. And so I'm this adult and I don't even have a great suitcase that I'm having to figure out. Um, I went a few places I cover, you know, I followed the the UT baseball team uh, to the college world series and, and had a good time doing that. And that was like a big deal to go to Omaha. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm doing like a little bit of traveling. Right. And then I get the job with the Astros and it's like, okay, your first road trip, Seattle, San Francisco, and Anaheim, 12 days. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, uh, like how do I pack for that? Um, never been to any of those three places. These are big cities we're talking. Um, and not only do you just like travel there, it's not like you're staying at a holiday inn, like outside of town and like just going to the venue and back, like they drop you in the most awesome hotel, like right in the middle of their, you know, the, the biggest, like busiest section of, of town. And and then it's, you know, they give you some per diem and they're like, go get them. <laughs> you know, you're like, <laughs> what? Like big odd, I had no idea. Um, gosh, if I, I would give anything to go back and kind of relive and, and like be a fly on the wall and like watch myself try to work my way through those. Like our second road trip ever, my second road trip ever was um, New York, Boston. It's just, you know, and I'm like, I'm in New York City, like, what, what am I doing here? I have, you know, I've got like all morning and some afternoon to shop or whatever. So when I say I love to travel, it's because I, you know, I all of a sudden like found myself in this job where I, I mean, you don't travel like normal people. So let's start there. Like I'm not, I'm not exactly getting on, 
commercial flights and making two stops on my way to Boston. Like traveling with a big league club is the coolest thing on the planet. And it's why I love it so much. Like I probably would have a completely different opinion about it if I was Brian McTaggart who has to fly commercial or Chandler Rome. I mean, that that's hard. That's really, really hard. Um, just think about like how hard it is to get to Seattle. It's a whole day event. It's a four hour flight. So like what time did you get to the airport? You know, if you're trying to make it for a seven o'clock game, I mean, that's your entire day um, and you're exhausted. But like if I'm with the team, you know, we left the night before there's a time difference. So you get there and it's still kind of early. You know, you wake up in Seattle and you open your blinds and it's beautiful and you can go for a run. I mean, it's like a whole, whole different experience. Um, so I love it. And my husband's been playing this entire time that we've been married and dating. So he's gone too. So it was perfect for us just in the way that our lives worked out of us both being on the road at the same time. And then I would take days off and just go meet him wherever he was. Sometimes it was in Japan. <laughs> sometimes, you know, he, he was playing in AAA and then sometimes it's been in Mexico, which has been the last couple of years. So, um, so even more traveling, I go international now to go see him, but you know, I, I had my, first child in September. So the end of the regular season, um, in the crazy pandemic world, and we have yet to really travel with her and we won't be traveling anytime soon for the, you know, for the Astros games just yet. There's, you know, a lot of unknown of how the season's going to end up. Um, obviously Texas got some big news with, uh, you know, mask and a hundred percent and all that. So, you know, it's like, I, I think that, I think everything's going to change as the year goes on. But as of today, as we record this, you know, there's no plans of us traveling with the team just yet. We're going to do similar to what we did in 2020. So I don't know yet to answer your other question. Um, I, I'm not sure how it's all going to go. I'm not sure how hard it's going to be. And I don't know how much traveling we'll do in the futures, but um, gosh, I'm, I'm missing it. I'm, I'm missing flights and I'm missing the wine that I would get before I would sit down and, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're just so spoiled. We're so spoiled. But I, the amount of miles that these players and, you know, I, I'm, I'm grouped in with them because I'm going, but I'm, I'm obviously not playing and I'm not trying to win ball games every night. And that's what they're doing. So they absolutely deserve to travel that way when you're traveling so much, especially for a team like the Astros who spend so much time on the West Coast. Every, every flight we have is three hours. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like we are stuck with a three hour flight, which is the hardest in the league. Um, it's just the way the divisions go right now. And so, um, so, you know, as, as much as I talk about us being spoiled, it, it is hard because you're doing it every three days and you are packing up your life constantly and you are away from your family if you've got little kids. So, um, so it's hard, but, but as you can see, I, I am a big fan of it. <laughs> so you mentioned the, uh, uh, the games on the, uh, West coast. And I know we, spoke to a uh, blummer about this but um because rob and i made a joke about uh, a few weeks ago about doing an astros baseball after dark edition like you guys do astros after dark uh he said you guys have some uh crazy ideas that have gotten shut down do you have you uh w- would you be able to elaborate on like some of the uh ideas that you've pitched that haven't act- ha- haven't made oh it to my air God. I'm like, what have we pitched? We pitch all kinds of stupid stuff because we're idiots. We <laughs> we spend way too much time together, and I mean, oh, I'm trying to think of stupid things that we've said. 
I do know that last year they did, which was unfortunate because we ended up not going um, and doing those games. And they they were like at eight o'clock too. So it just ruined the whole thing. But we had this really cool, op- or it was a, what do they call it? I'm not on the technical side of things, but it had music on it. If you watch the Astro games, you saw it. Um, but it had this like jazz music and it would say like Astros after dark. And it looked like you were going to a cocktail, like jazz bar <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's like because that's how much we talked about it, and that's how much we built it up. Like we were gonna have this big Astros after dark, and then pandemic. Um, we're sitting in the studio calling games from the West Coast, and they were at eight o'clock or something. Like they weren't even at their usual time. So I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I know we have. I know all we do is pitch out stupid ideas, but <laughs> I can't think of anything specific. We're just, you know, a lot of those times it's like when we can, we can do the fun polls and stuff and we take those Chevy Stroll polls and we like, like we'll, we'll answer them. But like later in the game, we like take it a step further or like, you know, it's just, we kind of push the limits and push the boundaries a little bit further with the later crowd. And, and then we get silly, you know, I mentioned all the travel and how hard, I mean, sometimes it is just like you're in a weird daze and you're, you know, (laughs) <laughs> even if it's 10 o'clock in Seattle, it's midnight at home. You know, if we just came, you know, from a 10 day homestand, like you're on Texas time. So we're just giddy and delirious. And I just apologize to all the fans who've heard us say something stupid on that shows after dark, because we shouldn't be held accountable for anything. That we say in some of those games. It's so much fun though. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all have heard us. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, heard it all, and you have nothing to apologize for because it's always just a blast watching you three on screen. Um, it's always been a delight. Um, She's already doing Astros After Dark today. Right, right. I'm drinking. I'm drinking iced tea, so I got to work at four thirty oh. in the morning. But some Ooh, of us, yeah, some of us get to drink wine. I do after after the baby goes down. Sometimes I have it. Actually, this is leftover wine from Bachelor Night. My husband and I do wine and pizza on bachelor night and because there's not really anything else to watch on tv to be completely honest like y'all can judge us for watching the bachelor but we've watched everything else so (laughs) we're like we've run out of stuff to see and it's like a good lead into our season we've actually done it the last oh gosh six years seven years um because it leads us into spring training and in our season it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of a date night for us. We have some fun with it. So after the game's over, you know, after a big game, uh, I'm pretty sure it's fun to interview these guys and dodge the, uh, I think you've been doused a few times to Gatorade maybe. And oh, yeah. uh, like, think about who's like the favorite Astro to talk to after the game. Man. Well, it's, you know, there's one on every team I would say. My favorites over the years. Okay, let's see. Let me think. Colby Rasmus was always a favorite. He's he stands out. Evan Gaddis was always super emotional. Like he would get real deep on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you just all you you know you hit two homers. Like that's okay. You don't have to get so deep. But I love that about him. Um. Springer's always fun because he's a challenge. Um, He's, he's not like, he is the funniest guy. He's got the craziest personality, but 
when you put him on camera, you know, just for an interview, he does dial it down and he's his serious self. Even if it's a walk, you know, some great game, like it's still tough to get him going. So it's always fun for me to, to really like try to pull it out of him. Like, what can I say to throw him off a little bit to make him laugh at himself or, you know, just have a good time with it. So he will always be one of my favorites. I'm going to miss the heck out of him. Um, let's see. Let's see. Tony you know, Camp was always a favorite. Julia, you spoke about uh, Kobe Erasmus. Uh-huh. We we went to San Francisco uh, in 2015, and I guess he had hit a home run to win the game for the Astros, and and I was uh, sitting behind the Astros dugout or kind of off to the right of it, and you were interviewing him in the dugout, and I got a picture of that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. It's on, it's on my phone, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. He would call me Miss Julia, and that would crack me up, too. Um, he was just real Southern about everything he did was Southern. Um, let's think, let's think, God, some old school ones. Uh, we had some funny people like Hank Conger was hilarious. Oh yeah. In those days, that was 2015 ish. Um, I'm going to miss, you know, what's up? Did you have to talk to Chris Carter ever? Mm, Oh, all the time. Chris hated (laughs) interviews. Christus would smile like from ear to ear and then he would talk so quietly. He's a, a ginormous human being and would talk like a mouse. <laughs> he, <laughs> was, he just hated it so much, but he did it. Um, you know, Bregman's always fun these days just when he's playing really well. I never know what the heck he's going to say. Like, was it two years ago, three years ago, he was dropping like wrestling terms in the middle of our interviews. He did the James Harden and walked away from me one time. Um, and a lot of people that turned into a, a gif or a gif or whatever. Yeah. You want to call it. Um, and that one was funny because like some people actually responded on Twitter and they were like, that was really rude. Or, you know, some people didn't get it. Some people didn't know um, that James Harden had done it. Mm-hmm. So there was that, com- you know, if, unless you were from Houston, like maybe you hadn't seen that happen um but then there was also like the fact that they had just played really well and they were about to see the red Sox, and so it was going to be a really big series and and so he played that up as well but also what people didn't see was that the interview ended um i like didn't even know what to say i turned around i like smiled at the camera like okay whatever bregman right and so it cuts bregman never left so he walked away from me like he was going down in the dugout but he took two steps and stopped so when the interview ended he turned around and like he was waiting for me to be done and then he like started just busting out laughing and it was his way of you know like I'm joking with you like that was really fun and he was making sure that I was okay with it too which is what I love about Bregman because he does like he will he will put on that show sometimes and when he steps onto the field like it's this different guy but you know he always wants to make sure that everyone's okay with it and I mean you know he's like that with his teammates too right I mean it's just that's that's something that's great about him um, and that's something I couldn't explain on Twitter and the characters either. I didn't want to tell that story to the, <laughs> to the three people who were like, why the heck did he walk away from you? And it's like, yeah, eh. I mean, if you watch us every night, you know that there is a relationship there and there's a lot of respect there. And, and I appreciate that from them, but he's, he's definitely a favorite. Um, yeah, there's, there's been some good ones over the years, but the, the Gatorade baths, the Powerade baths, um, they're not as many because I'm kind of in on it now. In the beginning, it was like they were out to get me. And then once I had some, you know, 
had some skin in the game, I could be a part of it. And so now I help it. I help out like Jack Mayfield, Garrett Stubbs, all these guys that, have, that were doused after their first big games. Um, I was very much in on it. And that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love being in on it. That's way better than me getting drenched and having to go to the dry cleaners. So you talked about, um, I know Rob asked you about some of the interviews that you've done. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I just rewatched the Mexico series in 2019. I wanted to ask you about the churro guy in the stand. <laughs> and, um, in addition to that, I also wanted to know what are some of the more difficult uh, throughout your years of reporting with the Astros? What are some of the who are your favorite opposing uh, opposing fans and who are your least favorite to deal with? Oh, geez. Well, least favorite's the Yankees. Um, <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> I mean, it's like not even close. There's like no one even close. They're, they're just crude. Um, and I'm, you know, it's to the point where I'm too scared to wear anything that's Astros related in the stands. It's that bad. And that was, those are for regular season games. Those are for like old, you know, old school games when we saw, like, you know, before anything, anything came out about the Astros, like they were just like that. So yeah, <laughs> they are not my favorite. And I know they're not all bad, but it's just a, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be in if you're an opposing fan to walk around to, yeah, it's, it's not fun. Their language is awful too. Like, I do not have the cleanest mouth. Like I definitely put coins in swear jars every day, but it's that it's like a different level when it comes to them. And you know, you walk to a ballpark, it's like kids and families and grandparents, and it's just it's ugly. Um, okay, so I'm done talking about them. I love, gosh, there's okay. So Seattle's fans are actually pretty precious. They're just like good people that the people that actually, they don't have a ton of fans, but the people that actually go are good fans and they're really hardcore and um, they're nice. They're very, very nice. And honestly, y'all, my opinions on all these teams are probably going to change once we do get traveling again. And if the Astros are still getting booed like crazy, I do anticipate them getting booed. Um, you know, <laughs> a decent yeah. amount. I don't know how many years it'll go on, but I do anticipate it being a little rough uh, in the beginning. But um, what other fans? I mean, I, the Red Sox fans, like, they talk a lot, but, like, they just get it. They're good baseball fans, just like St. Louis. Like, they, they get it, and they, you know, they'll, they'll razz you a little bit, but then they, they want to know who I am. You know, then they want to know, like, where I'm from or if I'm from Houston or how long I've been doing the job. Like, it, it's, a, it's an interesting fan base of, of people who just love the game so much. But like I said, that could probably change <laughs> in a couple of years. Um, but originally, what did you ask me? You asked me about the churro. Uh, the churro guy. Um, so the Mexican yeah. league. I, I don't um, even know this one. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. Wait, did you not see the churro guy? So that was so fun. I was trying, <laughs> that was two games in Mexico. There were only two games and I probably did 55 hits. It feels like, um, just because there was so much to cover. Like I wanted to get the next, so my husband plays in the Mexican league. So I do know some things about it. And, um, and so I went in with this hope that I could just bring that to fans here, like 
it's really crazy. Like their fans are fun. They offer up different things. It's obviously a different culture. Um, the food is different. And I wanted to get that across the broadcast. And so my producer was all in. Um, it didn't help. The Astros just absolutely annihilated the Angels that series. So it was just like Homer, Homer, Homer. Sorry, Matt Harvey, like just crush and crush and crush. And I'm like, hey, like, come back to me. Come back to me. Like, no, sorry. Bregman just hit his second Homer of the game. Like, that's how that series went. Um, but we did get some really good stories in, and one of them being the churro guy, because I went in the stands because they were really fun. They would dance. The people that would, you know, like our guys sell popcorn and stuff. Well, they had a guy that was selling donuts and churros. Like, yeah, <laughs> right <laughs> up my alley. Like, I absolutely want some fried goodness um, during a baseball game. That sounds amazing. So um, I went and I sat with him, and I knew just I don't I don't have great Spanish, but I knew just enough to like to drop some and that's when it got really funny because I said I wanted all of it or something I was like oh those I want all or something and he tried to sell me the whole thing of it and we're on tv and so I I spent all my money he I, he basically bamboozled me is what happened on live tv um ah, it was just that was a lot of fun I I hope that we can go back because I think the Astros were planning on going back in the next couple of years so hopefully when all this is over we can get back there because that was just Oh, it's funny. It's really funny. Good memories. I must have missed that because half the time I'm working nights and I don't get to watch all the games. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but but uh, I don't know if Blummer told us to mention this, but, you know, we, 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 were, we were talking about the things that you would eat. I mean, I've seen you eat big hot dogs and uh, ice cream and you also ate a cricket mm, or grasshopper. a grasshopper. It's a grasshopper, yeah, grasshopper. right? Oh, okay. No, would never eat a cricket. Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I shouldn't be eating grasshoppers either. I had to eat a lot of stuff. Did he tell you about the, um, what are the, the Rocky Mountain oysters? Did he tell you about that story? Is that why he's asking you to ask me? Uh, he just said something about the grasshopper. Oh, it was just grasshoppers. They like tried to get me to eat all kinds of stuff. And, and they would off, like, it was just, hey, okay. So this is back in the day when the Astros were struggling on the field and, Honestly, it got hard to fill those broadcasts after, you know, 80 games in. And and so I, because it was the Ashes first year in the American League, I was able to introduce fans who had been National League fans forever and ever to some of the cool things at American League ballparks. And we'd never had a traveling sideline reporter. So, like, none of this had ever been done on an Astros broadcast, really, unless it was done by the guys in the booth. So I had this, you know, I had a wireless mic and I could go wherever and I could try whatever and I could, you know, shoot things before. And and so that's what I did. I like, I went to museums and I, I went to, you know, the Space Needle and it, I just went to all the, the places where like, if you were a fan that went to a, a road series, like, what would you do? And so that's, you know, that was kind of my point. It was like, I would want to show that. And so it, the food thing became a a real hit and it was like what is julia gonna eat tonight and i kind of took a break from it like the better the astros got the less i ate um, <laughs> because <laughs> i didn't need to and you know like we had good baseball to talk about and we really didn't have time to get into anything else and i was completely fine with that i mean this was fun we had you know correa just made his debut and and they were starting to play better and um and so it was just, a, it was a better team. And then um, 2017, so we'd kind of taken like a couple of years off of all of it. And then 2017, to start the year, we were in Seattle. 
it was the first road trip. So, you know, we're 10 days into the season and Seattle had announced that they were going to start selling. Um, they were, what were they? Chili lime grasshoppers. And that was, that was like just a, it was a thing. I mean, it was just like a way to sell something, you know, like I had made no sense. I asked, I was like, is there, you know, a meaning behind this? Like, is there a, we're in Seattle. It's not like we're in, you know, they sell that in Oaxaca and in Mexico. So like, that's not out of the norm for people who live close to Mexico or even in Houston, it's sold. It's like a, it's a gar, it's a dish. Like it's (laughs) something people actually eat, but in Mm -hmm. Seattle, it made no sense and they pushed it hard. And so, um, someone had tried it on the air, like the very first day is like opening day that I saw. And so when we got there, it was kind of like, you, I mean, like, this is your thing, Julia, you have to try it. Like you're the the girl that eats whatever's at the ballpark. And I'm like, no, you're right. Um, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it anyway. And, and I did it. And so if you remember 2017 didn't actually get off to a great start. Um, they were a little rocky that first week and then they were (laughs) losing that game. I eat the grasshoppers and then all of a sudden they go off on this and I'd have to look back. I think it was April 12th, April 13th, April 11th, somewhere in there. Like they were below 500. So, you know, they're like I said, 10 games in, but in that particular game, they're losing. And then all of a sudden they go on this crazy rally. And, um, I remember Yuli Guriel hit like some slow chopper, like ridiculous chop. Like it was like somehow he got on and this rally started and then they, they beat the Mariners and they never lost to the Mariners after that. But after that, the Astros took first place in the division and then never looked back. And then obviously went on to win the World Series. So we kept bringing up the grasshoppers because of it. But um, they're awful. Like, I don't recommend grasshoppers. <laughs> they were <laughs> terrible. Don't, don't even. Yeah. Mm-mm. You can like, yeah. ugh, you can like taste. And it's not the taste. It's like the, you know what you're eating. Oh, it's gross. You uh, mentioned something about, uh, and I know that uh, I want to, don't want to keep you too much longer, because uh, I, I like to do my research. Uh, you said something about the uh, breakfast burger you had in Pittsburgh, yeah. um, the Krispy Kreme donut that on it. Would you elaborate on that more? And this is simply from, uh, for me as a foodie, because like anything involving donuts uh, with other food on it, I am all get up. I just really right. hear about it. Yeah, it was in Pittsburgh, but it was a breakfast burger. And and I've seen it before, but this one was just, it was excellent. I mean, obviously there's the beef, but there's like a fried egg on there. And then they took a Krispy Kreme donut and grilled it. And that was the bun. And so it was obviously messy, but it was so good. Like, I didn't know it was going to be that good. And again, I'm on live TV trying to eat this thing. And I'm and like, I'm making noises that I probably shouldn't be making. And I'm just like, I have no idea what to say because it was just melt in your mouth, like delicious. It was a whole, it was a mess. <laughs> it was so good because you know, if, you, if there's something that savory or like that flavorful, like you want to enjoy it and you want to like sit there and just like, you know, like if you think about something that's like your favorite thing to eat and all of a sudden I'm on live TV, I'm sitting next to the dugout and I'm eating this. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had. And I have no idea like what the right thing is to say without saying saying something that sounds maybe inappropriate or, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to be a viral video if I don't watch it. Um, but yeah, it was fabulous. So good. So good. Definitely. Let me 
I wanted to ask you this. I just thought of it when we, you were talking about, you know, doing interviews and and going to different places. Didn't you interview AJ Hinch like up in those catwalks in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Was, wasn't that scary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd I'd been up there a couple of times um, to shoot just a quick stand up. I went up there like the first year we were there and shot something really fast. Came right back down. <laughs> went up again and then um for something else a very similar situation like I shot maybe an open or like a tease or something that's like hey um and y'all have seen it when you've tuned in sometimes I'm like you know the Astros have won three straight and trying to take the series from the Rays and um stay right here Astros baseball starts right now but I'm like you know somewhere that shows you that we're in Chicago or New York, whatever. Like, it's just very obvious. Like it's a nice way to start the show. Um, and so I did that. So I'm talking to AJ and he's like starting to talk crap to me about, you know, being scared of going up there. And I'm talking about scared of heights. And he's like, it's not that scary. It's not that far up. And, you know, (laughs) we start going back and forth and I'm like, no, like you need to go up there with me. Then he's like, fine, I'll do it. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, this would be great television. Um, so we, of course, get the guy. So um, AJ's been around for a long time. And I'm telling you, everybody that like knows him in the league loves him. And they love him from like his playing days. And like, so he, he has all these really good relationships. So of course, we get the guy that like, knew him as a player when he hit, um, when he played there, he like knocked out one of the lights or something and it broke and there was like this long delay. And, and so he's almost like famous too, when it comes to the rays because of this one light breaking incident. And so anyway, the guy that was taking us up there gets us like past the point where we are, we're supposed to go. Like there's a layer, like a level that where you're supposed to stop. And he's like, no, 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 I got, I got this. Like, let's go higher. The best part was, was that AJ was like freaking out. Like he was not prepared <laughs> so like here I am with this like super cool calm collected guy like nothing phases him you guys watched how many games did he manage like the guy didn't break a sweat like game seven world series like he's fine he's you know like he he hides a lot right except when he is like in the catwalk of the trop and he's sweating and he's saying weird things and he's really awkward and like all of a sudden it's like this really weird interview because you can tell he's not comfortable I will never, ever, ever let him live that down. We we had such a good laugh about that after the fact because it was just like he his knuckles like they were so white from hanging on so tight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's scary once you get up there and you look down in the home plate in home plate like a tiny little dot. You're like, oh no, <laughs> we're too high. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. You got anything else, Michelle? That's all I got. Uh, yeah, I had a when uh, just because uh, I, I want to know, do you have a process or do you have like a method or system that you use to kind of prep for the games or prep for the season? Um, yeah. And h- how do you conduct your research and kind of what resources do you pull from? That's a great question. I um, so in the beginning, I was it was like kind of overkill with just the amount of information that I thought I needed to have on me at all times and just thought I needed to have saved in my head. Um, and it was, it was too much. It was too much in the beginning. I felt like I needed to know everything about everything at all times. Um, and you know, as the years went on, 
there's just things you know. So that's the beauty of sticking with one job. And it's the beauty of staying with the Astros for all this years is because that I have a great knowledge of the history now. Um, whereas the beginning, it felt like I was constantly just double checking. Like, was that the year? Was he on this team? Is he the leader in home runs? You know, it's just like things like that where, you know, like, like little things you were constantly like, I was trying to remind myself and trying to look up and just trying to double check. I don't have to do that anymore because I have, it's all ingrained and it's, it's like who I am now because I've lived it for so long and I've, I've just had really great conversations with people. So it's, it's all the experiences that I have saved. So I'm fortunate to where I have just a really nice base of knowledge and then the players. So, you know, I don't have 25 or now 26 new players every year because I've done this for so many years. I have a couple of new players that I need to really start um, keying in on. And they're guys that I've probably been eyeing for, you know, the years before because they were prospects. So like, I, you know, I'm already all over Pedro Leon. Like, is he going to start the team or start, the season on the team? No, but he will. And so, but I'm already, you know, like I'm already making sure that I'm doing my research on him, trying to get my eyes on him, watching any video that I can. He's going to speak tomorrow on a Zoom and making sure I'm tuned into that. Um, just kind of building that, you know, just building all the information I can and, and on him. And I keep notes. I have a lot of notes throughout the year. And I, I log things after I interview guys, if they are great interviews, I, I make sure to, to record on my phone, everything that I do. So that way things that I want to go back and, and, you know, double check, or I, I just want to make sure that I'm telling their story, right. You know, obviously for, for people that write, they have to, to write it out verbatim. They obviously go back and they, they, they log everything out perfectly with me. I'm paraphrasing a lot and telling stories I'm I'm taking their experiences and I'm sharing with you, but I'm not, I'm not up there like Jose Altuve said, quote, you know, like you've never heard me say that unless it's something I need to be very specific about, but that's not how I tell stories. Um, so I, I do make sure that I record and I go back and I listen one more time just because I don't want to mess anything up for these guys. I do want to share their stories the way that they told them. So um, keep a ton of notes and I just build on them and build on them. Um, I've learned a lot of things from play-by-play guys over the years. I've tried to, to kind of... <laughs> Um, start taking tips from them just in case I start calling games one day. I just, I think that that's uh they just, they're like the wealth of information that they have on them at all times is really impressive. And the cards that they, they build and it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I just, I prepare, you know, for every game, I, I do want to know what's going on in the world. I do want to know what's going on in the world of baseball. And, um, and obviously I, I, I know what happens every night because I'm there every night with the team and, and that's good too. So in the beginning, yeah, it was hard. It was, um, you know, who's, especially when the team changed every day, like in 2013, there was a new guy getting called up, but it's not like that anymore. It's just one or two players that maybe I'm not as familiar with. And that's the fun of getting to know them. Um, but it's constant learning. And it, and I love that too. It's just, it's, it's constantly changing and there's always something new. And, and that's why I love this job so much. I love that I go to the ballpark every day and I have absolutely no idea how it's all going to turn out. Like, am I going to see two no hitters in a year like I don't know I didn't think that was going to happen in 2019 but it did um it's just it's crazy what can happen in baseball or just in sports in general so that's why I love this gig but um but yeah I mean it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of preparation that you do but um but I I do find that I 
it's a little different for me now if that answers answers your question um on just kind of how I started to where I am now and just the the base of knowledge that I have has definitely helped all right, Julia. We appreciate you coming on and being our yeah. second guest. I, I think Michelle's done. She had a ton of notes, but you, you spoke earlier and I won't talk too much about it, but you know how you were saying, well, I'm, I'm taking a long time to answer the questions. And I kind of told her that, you know, I said, you can have three questions. It could last 30 minutes. So <laughs> you, you kind of, you kind of showed that, that that's very possible. Well, in your yeah. answer. But we really do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, y'all are y'all have a good thing going. So keep it up, and if you ever need anything, holler at me. I'm I'm glad you reached out. It's gonna be a fun year. I'm excited. Let's get back. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I would love to have you return at some point. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Michelle, for being the best co-host ever. And we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.